Jane's alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. I read some interesting shit today. It was movie moments that wouldn't have happened if they had the budget. Okay. And one of them was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, let me guess. Oh, shit, you really put me on the spot. It's one of my favorite fucking movies. I'm trying to think of the most, like, the big chainsaw scene at the end where she's being chased for, like, 20 minutes. No. Something the director did he thought would cost too much money to employ someone for something. So he just did it himself. fucking my brain up. The music, he did oh. the score. What, Toby, wait, Toby Hooper did the score for fucking Texas Chainsaw? Texas Chainsaw, so... For realsies. For realsies, he used, like... I feel like I don't want this to go on podcast, because I feel like as a horror fan, I'm going to get my credentials revoked, because <laughs> I should have already known that. Like, that feels like Horror 101. He used, like, beating up instruments and, like, shouted into cardboard tubes for, like, torture noises. Oh, wait, so he did the Foley effects. But did, did he do the Foley effects and the actual... Actually, is there, even, the music, yeah, is there no. even a score for Texas Chainsaw? I can't remember there being too much of a score for that movie. He used broken instruments oh okay is this like meant to relate to the film we're talking today because obviously Carpenter as a uh, prominent film director are you checking your facts just to make sure you got this right you're making me worry that this is all false news like I'm worried that we're going to get cancelled because we're giving people the wrong fucking information it may not be the most iconic piece of film music but Toby Hooper's organic visceral soundtrack is uniquely unsettling yeah it was Toby Hooper but I want I want to think that you brought this to this podcast with that thematic element obviously with, with John Carpenter being a uh, being a director and a composer fucking hell oh, William <laughs> I'm going to say yes, that was my intention, but it was more just I discovered that today. It's horror related. Look at you. And I was thinking about the Michael Myers like soundtrack. Halloween has a do, great do, soundtrack. Do, 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 do. It has one of the. That's probably, iconic. I think it's the definitive horror. It's either way. It's just John Carpenter in general because the two most iconic horror soundtracks are the Halloween and what? Is it the the thing with like that? Do, do. Yeah. yeah. It's the night he came home. It's the night he came home. The night he came home and ruined the fucking franchise again. And again. And again. And again and again. <laughs> but and we again. got the shot. And again and again and again. <laughs> and again and again. <laughs> fucking great. Classic. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Taste Buds. Deadly Delights. Fuck, nope, not Deadly Delights. Fuck, right, uh, fuck's sake. I thought we were beyond this. Every fucking episode. But what is it? Dread, dreadful. dreadful delight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Taste Buds. Dreadful delights. The Bad Taste Buds show where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Today, me and my co-host Ryan are taking a trip back to Haddonfield for the second film in David Gordon Green's Halloween franchise, Halloween Kills, a direct sequel to 2018's unimaginatively titled Halloween. I always hate that. I hate when they do reboots. They're doing one at the minute. What they're doing? Scream. Where they're just like it's just Scream again. Not Scream Five. Like I don't know whether they think we're idiots. <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's the same fucking series. It's still a sequel. It's still the same characters returning for a second, third, or in Scream's case, fifth time. I don't know why they think just by getting rid of the number, we're going to think it's a different movie. Yeah. It still wouldn't fucking work. It's still lazy. They did it with Final Destination, did they? Where they were like, the final destination. And it was like the, the worst one. 
I think they think we're fucking stupid or something. We're not we're not able to see a, a sequel when we fucking see one. Although I'm glad that Neve Campbell's getting work. She deserves to be on the screen. I'm always glad that Neve Campbell's getting work. She's my biggest, literally my biggest girl crush. And she was my Gail OG. Gail Weathers as well. Get a little bit of Courtney Cox. She was my. I think it was with Neve, with Neve especially. She was my OG scream queen. Like she's like the final girl of all final girls for me. I don't get me wrong. I love you, Laurie. I love you, Nancy. Uh, but fucking Sydney was my was my go to girl every time. There was something about her that she was just more capable. She was more, I don't know. She tried. She tried. She, you know, she fucking she succeeded. She bossed it four times, and I'm I'm gonna <laughs> put my money on saying she's gonna boss it a fifth time. So fuck rights. You'd have thought though, with the way they named these sequels, with Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends as the next one, that they would have done at least something a little bit cool with the first one like i don't know fucking halloween begins or something like you could have you could have had a little bit more creativity with that do you think they came up with the idea afterwards like oh this will be cool well i think no i think that it is literally a marketing department saying that's it, it's almost like a, a fresh start we've had like what well, we had the rob, rob zombie ones we had the shit ones we had the h2o one which i actually quite enjoy i think it's probably one of the better reboots yeah i feel like you wouldn't really get away with calling it a halloween 2 would you but what would you call it like well that, this is what they've called it I mean, it's weird though because it's it's not quite a sequel it's not quite a reboot it sits in this weird little middle ground where that's it's why like... it gives it the tag without directly yeah. calling it number two Halloween Kills follows directly after Laurie and the rest of the Strodes hey there's a band name for you Laurie and the Strodes <laughs> Laurie and there's the your Strodes. fucking 80s synth pop band uh, the film picks up with Michael escaping oh, the... I was thinking country western Laurie and the Strode. Please give a big warm welcome to Laurie and the Strodes yeah I could see that the film picks up with Michael escaping the burning Strode household Slaughtering a metric buttload of firemen, and then going on a bona fide rampage through Haddonfield. Only this time, the residents of Haddonfield are ready for him, and vowed to enact an all-out war against the shape. I in this, don't let take, me, don't don't interrupt. I me. take umbrage <laughs> with you saying the ready for him. Well, if you if you waited five seconds, I was about to say that anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, all-out war against the shape in the cinematic sequel that promises us promises us that evil dies tonight, and fucking hell, do we wish it did? Think well, they were doing it to be ironic. <laughs> Like Evil Dice Night. What are the, it, all right, Alanis Morissette. We knew they were having the third movie. With no right, we'll get, we'll get, save all that hatred because we will get to that. I think I want to do a little bit of non-spoiler talk first and then get into spoiler talk. But I'm going to save a lot of what that argument's going to be for after the fact. So yeah, if you haven't seen Halloween Kills and you want to see Halloween Kills, we're going to give you a, a little a moment in a minute uh, where we do our ratings non-spoilery we say what we thought about the film we say whether or not we would recommend it uh, and then we will pause it let you have a have a chance to get away and we will talk for the people who have seen it uh, about what we liked and what we didn't like um so are you ready should we talk about a little non-spoilery review yeah okay so plot out the way with let's do a really quick non-spoilery review for people who haven't seen this film and want to at this point don't. That's my whole review. Just don't. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> just, just don't. <laughs> I forbid it. There we go. End of the episode. See you next week on uh, Bad Taste Buds, Delicious Delights. Still not right. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> let's give them a little bit yeah. more meat than just don't. Um, but I mean, for me, if you want me to start, I would say this is this is another huge misstep in an uncomfortably janky lineage of Michael Myers films. I mean, I, what was your non-spoilery? Your your biggest takeaway from this? It's messy. Mm -hmm. It's very messy. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough of the characters I really want to see kicking about. Damn right. While there are some interesting plot lines and the ties them up from the last movie, it, it doesn't seem to really go anywhere. It very much falls into that curse of being a middle movie where yep. not lots happens and you just have to kind of stuff lots in there and make uh, it yep. seem more interesting than it is. You pretty much hit the nail on the head for that. 
Right, give me a filibuster, because I think in order to properly analyze this film, I actually have to talk a little bit about the series as a whole, so you're going to have to give me like two minutes to rant, if that's okay. <laughs> yes, I, w- I will, before you go into it, I will say the visual effects were... I I wanted... like, is this a joke? Are you building up to a joke here? Glamorous was the word I was looking for. But in that sense of, glamour can so easily be stripped away and underneath there might very well be nothing of substance. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's, I mean, similar to the 2018 version, it's a very pretty film. It works on an aesthetic level. Um, they understand kind of a lot of what Carpenter, I think, it, it does feel like a, a modernized version of what Carpenter's vision was in the original aesthetically. But again, as you say, aesthetics are only skin deep. I'm going to go through them, every single fucking one. Good Myers, Bad Myers film. I'll go make a sandwich while you're you get you, you get the kettle boiled. Make sure you come back. Uh, cream, no sugar, please. Uh, but I'm not going to be pulling any punches with this bullshit either. I'm enough of a horror fan to sit here and tell you that shit like Revenge of Michael Myers is absolutely garbage. Don't for one second think I'm going to defend any of the shit you want. Because there is this weird subculture of Halloween fans who are like, no, Halloween 4 is great. Like, you just didn't get it. Or, like, the Rob Zombie films are so underappreciated. They're so underrated. Like, no, fuck right off. It's, it's this weird apologist um, thing that some, some, for some reason emerged in the last few years. And I'm just thinking it's like people saying, uh, oh, the shit we're getting now is so bad that the stuff that we had before. No, that was still shit. It was still fucking shit. Of course, there's horror classics for a reason. They really stand out. There's a reason I've never gone back to watch any of the zombie ones. Just saying. But no, let me go through this. So, the only films you really need to give a shit about in this franchise, uh, the original Carpenter film which arguably might be the greatest horror film of all time. Um, but again, the way these fucking sequels keep tarnishing the poor guy's name, I'm not so sure anymore. This was my favorite horror film at one point, um, but it just keeps getting a little bit a little bit further from that every time I see one of these stupid fucking movies. Um, the second film, flawed as it is, is monstrously underrated and serves as a brilliant appendix to the first film, if you ask me, minus all that sibling bullshit. The problem with the second one is it introduced the Laurie and Michael sibling angle, which most fans agree is not a great twist it just seems like this egregiously pointless twist that doesn't amount to anything that they kind of they try and bring back in later films my i'm really embarrassing myself tonight but i thought the second one was witches right now you're getting on you're right there you, you're getting there number three is season of the witch number three what happened was uh carpenter and hill the producer and um, they really really wanted to turn this into a serialization so season of the witch is the only film in the series not to feature myers as a character and I think that's what we are doing the first one and second one before you turn it into an anthology. I mean, not necessarily. There was still a little bit of more of Michael's story. You remember how the first one ends. Oh, no, I fully understand. But I feel like if you want to make something an anthology series, you shouldn't make two of one thing and then try and turn it into an anthology. By this point, you've turned this person into the He's an icon. character people yeah. want to see. He's an icon. And then you're trying to change that up. You've missed your ship. A lot of people agree with you. I... Honestly, I don't. I'm not a person who's going to sit here and think, oh, well, I want to see Michael every fucking time. No, it's not. I'm not bothered about Michael. Oh, I'm I just th- saying it's bad marketing. Maybe. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Um, but I th- if you watch Season of the Witch, Season of the Witch is actually an, a phenomenal film that gets underappreciated by most people. Oh, great. Because it doesn't have... It has one of my favorite horror scenes of all time. There's a scene... I don't know if you remember. There's a scene... Uh, and spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen Season of the Witch. Please do. It's great. Um, there's a scene midway through where the kids are wearing the mask and they're watching the TV. And it's the, it's the Silver Shamrocks theme, which is one of the most catchy fucking themes in any <laughs> horror film. It's happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's great. And then faces just start melting underneath these masks, and it's this great scene of these bugs oozing out of these like kids' mask faces, uh, and it's disturbing as all <laughs> hell. It's fucking wonderful. Only underappreciated. Four, five, and six can just get in the bin. I have no desire ever to revisit the cult of Thorn bullshit or fucking Jamie Lloyd 
get right in the bin not not happening not interested and any apologists to four five and six fight me fight me in the comments do it right now give h2o a go if you're bored it's it, it, for me it's intensely dated now and it falls into that weird little kevin williams uh on a day off category you know like with something like i know what you did last summer that really dated 90s kind of genre film so I think something like The Faculty still holds up to date. And obviously oh, yeah, Scream. Scream, yeah. Scream and Scream 2, they both, they're both Kevin Williams classics that I think will hold up. But then something like I Know What You Did Last Summer, I, I personally, on a rewatch, is, is a... I will never not appreciate this film for giving me Jennifer Love Hewitt as the Ghost Whisperer. Without what this movie, she may for? never have got there. What are you waiting for? Just that scene. Oh, I kind of give a scary movie as well, which may actually be a detriment. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that gave a scary movie is a detriment. Um, Resurrection is probably the worst film of all time. It was the one that came after H two O. It's the one where oh, um, no, I've not seen that. It's one. the one where Michael Myers like kung fu fights Buster Rhymes. Oh, I've fucking heard of it though. Yeah, it's pretty. There's a reason I haven't watched it. Skip the zombie films. Both zombie films. Sorry, I know there were a lot of apologists for the zombie Halloween films, um, and I think they're fine. I think he's doing his usual Rob Zombie bullshit, where he always tries to work. Um, with his like weird janky video edits, and there's always you know Cherry Moon's gonna be there. Yeah. And I always just think Rob Zombie works best with original concepts anyway. Like he, I feel like this limits him a lot. Like I, and I'm actually a massive zombie fan, but the Halloween, both the Halloween films are probably very low down in my. Oh yeah, Devil's Rejects will always be one of my. Devil's Rejects movies. is perfect. A fucking House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. the originals. Fucking Great. maybe not Three from Hell, but you know, first two. First two. Fucking <laughs> wonderful. Um, I don't know how that bodes for his Monsters remake. If we're talking about, have you heard about this? I used to watch the Monsters a lot, and it's really going to be very different once Rob gets his hands on it. Well, I wonder what they're going to let him do because it obviously has to be G. It has to be like rated PG um, at, at a maximum. But it's also meant to be comedic. It is kind of the vibe <laughs> it always was. I don't think I've ever seen anything Rob Zombie do comedic successfully. No, not like purposefully. It's kind of like you get comedy from how awkward. grim things yeah. are and yeah, awkward yeah. things are. But the monsters, like the dad was a buffoon. Yeah. It's a very different tone for Zombie. And I think it's going to be interesting seeing what he does with it. Uh, but Halloween wasn't it for me. I think that was probably one of his biggest missteps. The 2018 one is fine. The first in David Gordon Green's uh, planned trilogy. It's a good enough sequel with some interesting ideas. Definitely better than this dumpster fire. We'll get to that very soon. <laughs> that takes us nicely into this stupid, stupid fucking movie. What do you think of the 2018 one? Do you remember it much? The Halloween. Yeah, the, the Halloween. <laughs> Just that's what, Halloween. That's what they, no, that's what they should have called <laughs> the final the, the final destination. The Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, it's not stuck with me iconically. I barely remember things that happened. A couple of times during this movie when they reference things that happened in the first film, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I forgot about that. You mean constantly? That's all they were constantly, fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. And the memories came back to me over time. But initially, I just, I never remembered these things you never vibed it was fun enough it was aesthetically pleasing and there were some kills and it was it's always great to see jamie lee curtis and i love judy greer so it was worth just for those elements alone i honestly thought like the uh the girl playing the daughter as well what you 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 keep having to remind me what allison allison she was brilliant oh yeah clearly you don't even remember her name well, no I, I but i enjoyed i enjoyed it enough i would say it's probably a solid three out of five film it's like very average there are moments of genius in it there are like moments where i remember the 
there's one really beautiful panning shot where it just follows Michael through like a series of houses, and that felt in, that felt quite inspired. That felt quite interesting as a as a as a new take. And I also think it got a lot of what Carpenter's original film set out to do with the foreboding tension and the thick, drenched atmosphere. That it's like it's slow and it's methodical and it's interesting. And I think there are a few missteps. I don't think it's a perfect film. And I also don't think it adds that much to the mythology either. I think it does this thing where it's like, yeah, you're doing this whole like Michael needs to find Laurie or Michael needs to get back to his house bullshit again. When the Carpenter film is perfect because it didn't have any of that bullshit in. The the Carpenter film is perfect because it was so simplistic and it was so, it's just a guy with a mask killing fuckers. That's pretty horrifying in itself. It's it's perfectly horrifying. It's the essence of perfect horror for me. It's the idea of like this could happen. It could just be a guy in a costume sat in your house ready to murder. Well, it's the very essence of less is more. Which I think, if we're going to talk about this this film, Halloween Kills, that's probably a good place to start because this does not understand the concept of less is more. It doesn't even understand the concept of. It kind of feels like you could dissect this movie like a fucking worm and then put it back <laughs> together in any order Literally. bar the beginning and end and yeah. you'd still have the worm. It's a, it's a re- You're absolutely right. It's a really poorly made movie. It's staggeringly incompetent. Incoherent even at every fucking turn. It's unfocused on what it actually wants to say on what it wants to even do. It reminds me of one of those guys in the circus. You know the ones that are on the unicycle who are like juggling plates or like spinning plates. And you're like, at any moment, there's so much shit going on and there's so much <laughs> potential for, for I, disaster. I feel like they make it very clear that the plot is evil dies tonight. Oh, oh they, they bash you over the fucking head with that thing about every, every six seconds. Just in case you didn't know evil dies tonight. Wherever they can fit it in, it comes in. I'm not, again, this is the non-spoilery part of the review, but... Uh, um, you could probably take a guess whether or not evil's going to die tonight, guys. Tell you what, answer down in the comments. Do we think evil's going to die tonight in the second movie in a planned trilogy? Where the third one's just going to start, I don't fucking know, Laurie on a holiday afterwards. She's going to go go to fucking Marbella and chill for a bit. Yeah, why say it's planned? Right? Just be like, there's two coming out. That's all you're getting. We're going to make them good. And then get a surprise third movie. There are so... Whoa. There are so many fucking ideas here. They want to tell a revenge story. They want to tell a Haddonfield versus Michael story. They want to tell a redemption story with Officer Hawkins. They wanted to tell a family drama with the Strodes. They wanted to tell a love story with Laurie's fucking stupid granddaughter and that fucking Freaks and Geeks Allison reject. And Cameron. Cameron, that's his fucking name. Wait, was he even Freaks and Geeks? No, he just looks like he is. Oh. <laughs> they wanted this whole 90 minutes to be a nostalgia bait, all the while wrapping up every fucking stupid loose end from the last movie. They wanted to bridge the gap between this movie and the final film. It was like, just focus. Pick a fucking lane and do one thing. Because right now, there are about eight plots going on. And I honestly can't... You're not giving me enough time to focus or give a shit about anyone in them. Didn't even need to be ish. Like, just take a few of them out. Like, there were so many unnecessary ones as well that were just uninspired and unimportant that you would have had a better movie had they not have been there. Yeah, and again, I want to get a little bit more into spoiler talks when we do uh, do that. If you narrow this down to Laurie's story and maybe, like, let's say, Officer Hawkins' story, which is probably the most compelling story in the in the film, then you might have had a decent movie on your hands. But no, they want to cram about a billion fucking things in because, I, I don't know, we, we're maybe playing for the, the stupidest audience possible who haven't got the attention span to focus on, I don't know, one overriding narrative and they need to be force-fed everything they're fucking seeing. Like, I would have just watched the bottle film of Michael making way into the hospital and but there you were you were under the issue of it just being halloween 2 this is the problem because that's halloween 2 this is halloween 2 <laughs> no but that's the thing they wrecked technically they could have because they retconned halloween 2 halloween 2 marion's alive 
um, who I think she died in H2O, but obviously she's in, in Halloween 2 as well. But See, what, they could have done Halloween 2 again. I mean, it wasn't the lower floor. It wasn't the lower floors of the hospital that were interesting. It was like Sorry. the upper floors. <laughs> the way you said lower floors the first time, it was like, it wasn't the loafer floors. <laughs> the loafer floors. Um, but it's just immeasurably devoid of any tension, anything scary. It's it's fucking, it's, it's kind of hilarious at times. Uh, it's very often it's a riot. We went with my mate Jamie and we were just cackling throughout the entire film. Um, whether or not that was intended to be at the film or with the film. Oh, nobody else was laughing, just us. We do that a lot. We did that during Malignant as well. We try to be respectful um, <laughs> and just giggle quietly. This one, because it clearly wasn't as intentional as Malignant. It's not a total write-off. It's like, as you said, it's slightly better than Resurrection. And honestly, it's probably better than four to six. Um, there are some cool visual elements to it. There are some interesting motifs. There's an interesting story at the center of all of this layer upon layer of bullshit. There's a lot of violence. That's never a bad thing. But it, it kind of is as well. It kind of is in a Halloween film. Like Halloween, yes, he is. He's terrifying. Myers is terrifying and he's brutal and he's a force of nature. But he's not gratuitous. He's not like, he's not Jason. He's not Freddy. He's not going to dissect you in weird, interesting ways. He's going to stab you and he's going to move the fuck on because he's just there to... He's just there to be a fucking force of nature. He's just there to be a hurricane. Uh, and if you get in his path, then that's... He, I have he spoiling thoughts on this. So we need okay, okay, sorry, sorry, done. sorry. Um, but I think personally the script is where I want to pin the blame. Even seasoned veterans like Curtis, Greer, and Patton can't really get around dialogue like this. Like the, just the, let it burn! Like delivered <laughs> in, that, in that overacted Nicolas Cage style. Uh, how to get burned! How to get burned! Yeah, or it's like, really, it's quite uncomfortable. Or even Greer, the, the bit where she's like, oh, you want your mask? Come and get yeah. it. It's in, the, it's in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. But it's like you, yeah, these are seasoned professionals. These have done some great, they have showed their acting chops. They've earned their positions yeah. in society and they can't make this work. No, they all look They all look like they know they're in a bad movie. They all look like they know they're playing at a B level. And that's, again, that's fine for a Jason film. That's fine for a Freddy film. It's not fine for a Michael Myers film. Michael Myers always had a bit more subtlety, had a bit more class, had a bit more artistry to, to the proceedings, I think. And I just think this film would have been better. Let's not say better, but this film would have been better if it just stuck with a consistent oh, motif. It's an action horror. Well, yeah, that's the problem. And I just don't and I don't think that works for a Myers film. I don't think that will ever work for a Myers film for me. It just makes me want to want the series to be to be done with or be to move in a different direction. Yeah, I think this would have been a perfect opportunity to restart as an anthology series. But yeah. with Myers, uh, the neighborhood killer in just going around unsuspecting babysitters mm. is so much more terrifying because he's a human yeah. than what it is like, oh, he's everywhere at once, everyone yeah. going mad. Just here, just, there, and everywhere. Well, it's just chaos, isn't it? It's constant chaos. It's carnage. It's just pure nonsense. It brings back characters um, in a bid to win over fans and then does nothing with nothing. them. Nothing. I was genuinely excited. I like There were great scenes with them. And I was genuinely excited. But then it just seems to be like, right, you've had your screen time. You're done yeah, now. Yeah, they build them up and then do fuck all with them. You are, you're right. At the beginning, and you're like, oh, here's, a, here's an interesting setup. I hope they follow through and they just really fucking don't. And it wasn't interesting setup. It's that typical Halloween sequel. Same with H2O and same with the zombie films. I do think it's that curse of, well, where the fuck do we go from here? We've done the story. We've done the basic premise of Michael Myers uh, killing a town and, and all happening on Halloween night. I don't think they have a story past that. I don't think they've ever had a story past that. It wanks off all of its good ideas, prematurely jizzes them out so we can force bullshit we honestly don't give a shit about. It's overly gratuitous, which oh, again... Yeah. 
any other franchise would have been fine, but not this one. Not the shape. He's a fucking bulldozer here. He's not menacing. He's not subtle. He's not fearful. But I mean, he's a you, juggernaut. In this movie, if you didn't have that, it would have actually been worse because the rest of the movie still wouldn't tonally fit yeah. with the original Michael Myers movies. It's, there is that tonal inconsistency throughout that it just feels like this doesn't. This movie doesn't know what it wants to do. I'm not sure where David Gordon... It almost feels like a Star Wars moment. You know how like the, the, the sequel trilogy started without an actual basis of what it wanted to do yeah this feels like that this feels like that yeah what i think i may have enjoyed more is if in the first movie they put more focus into that made it a singular movie Mm. and then just at the end have that fire scene and have michael's arm like come through a floorboard or something yeah they won't and and then just leave it as that classic baity like is he an immortal monster is Mm. he a man that you got from that first movie and then you still could have had it as a home invasion esque movie where she's mm-hmm. trying to lure him to the house to kill him but you could have had that in a much more refined way as just again the neighborhood killer mm-hmm. and wrap up whatever thread you need to try and make it interesting but then just end and let it go just let it die you write that motif of evil dies tonight it almost becomes self-prophetic where as an audience member you kind of just agree you're just like yes I, I'm done now just let it fucking die let it rest it was at one point a seminal horror series the first three again you you could argue that's a perfect trilogy of films you're right it's not totally consistent in the sense that the third film being an anthology is kind of weird I do think there are some positives here if we're gonna like really search for them there are some positives in this film like for example the side characters I thought were kind of cool I wish they would have spent more time with the ones who weren't kind of I wish we would have spent a little bit more time with characters that weren't main characters, because honestly, they were kind of sidelined anyway. Some of the best characters in the film are side characters. There's like this old couple at the beginning, um, and then there's a couple halfway through Big John and Little John who just kind of steal the show from everyone else. There were some interesting side characters that I think if we focused a little bit more on them who understood the assignment, because I almost wonder if you could turn this into a B-move. As you said before, I think you could with a little bit more humor and a little bit more uh, less reliance on the Michael, the shape aspect of it and the law and having to build around this character of Michael Myers because there was a couple the drone couple at the beginning the old couple they were genuinely very entertaining and yeah. then midway through we get this gay couple um, Big John and Little John, John who John. as much as it's it's a little bit unfortunate to see a gay couple sidelined and not given much to do they are the, the most endearing two characters in the film and they're the most one, they're the ones you want to stick with every time we moved away from a scene with Big John and Little John I was like no no go back there I want, I want to see them again I want to hang out with those guys yeah. because the Strodes are pissing me off and they have, they have a, a couple that are framed quite importantly yeah. in the opening scenes where they're living on Michael Myers' old street mm-hmm. and then they see the news on TV and they're like, oh, right, so these are clearly important people. And then, nah, side characters again. It, yeah, you're right. They don't do enough with the good ideas and they do too much with the bad ideas. I think that's the main the main point I want people to take away with. And use that, if you want to go see it, I'm not going to stop people. I'm not going to say it's a, a total fucking Oh, no, you're probably going time. to see the third one. We're going to see the third one. Just go see it anyway. But I do feel it's quite segmented into you get your screen time, yeah. we'll block you in at the beginning, and then they just fill like the Strauss family into those yeah. scenes. I mean, I'm ready to do some final thoughts and then get onto a little bit of spoiler talk. We've done a really good, a quite thorough in-depth review on this one. I wasn't expecting our non-spoiler review to be this long, uh, but we've kind of covered most of the points we do want to do a few spoiler talks with people who have seen it so i'm just going to give my and again if you have an arbitrary rating ryan i don't know if you i didn't actually give you time to, to come up with one so you want a few minutes now i'm going to give it halloween four out of halloween ten one <laughs> that makes zero sense i'll think about it 
Oh, so oh, Halloween four. Right, right. Oh no, no, right, that makes sense now. So it's like right, you you. So you put it about on par with Halloween four. You know what? That's Honestly, like. I've never seen Halloween four, so I'm really unsure as what a, I've just. Gave as it. a person who has seen Halloween four, you're pretty spot on. That's about where I would put it too. It's just a total misfire for me on most cylinders. It's this weird amalgam. It's this weird Frankenstein's monster of ideas that never merge into anything with a beating heart or even a fucking brain. Like this is one of the. This is definitely the stupid. And especially in a year, in a year, sorry, I'm just I'm just in full <laughs> run mode. Especially in a year where we've had some of the most intelligent horror films like let's harken back to Candyman, which i still i still to this day think that's probably one of the most important horror films we've ever had you've had films like malignant you've had films like sensei you've had this really it's been a strong year for horror for me i don't know if it's just because of the covid isolation but i'm feeling like a lot of these again overlooked probably but this has been an all-out success so far so then what does that tell you i'm giving this three season of the witch callbacks for no good goddamn reason out of 10 and if you know you know um, let's do a little bit of spoil talk. So if you haven't seen the film and you want to see the film, turn off now. It's been great. Check us out at Bad Taste Buds. It's been, it's been great to have you. Uh, check us check us out at Bad Taste Buds uh, podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And make sure you listen to the old episodes as well if this is your first one. Thank you for checking this one out. I'm sorry it was so incoherent. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Ryan, are you ready to do a little bit of spoiler talk? Oh, please. Okay, where are we going to start? Let's start, with, uh, let's start with Laurie. Let's start with our, our girl, Jamie Lee Curtis. Because... What a waste. What a what fucking a waste. fucking waste. Don't get me wrong, the stuff between her and Officer Harkin is... And Officer Harkin... <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to... I, I kind of want you to leave this in a little bit because both times you've said Harkins. Some of the best scenes are between Laurie and Officer Hawkins in the... You're just expecting me to go that's on with this. This is a thing. library. You've said, you've, said, you've said it so many times now that there's no way I'm going to let you live this down, so I think your only option is will, to just continue with Officer I Hawkins. I keep this... Hawkins, sorry. somewhere else, but no. Bloopers. Uh, Officer Hawkins. Fuck off. Some of the best. I get it. <laughs> I it's you. fashion. It's fashion. <laughs> Go. Some of the best scenes were between Laurie and Officer Hawkins in the hospital. And I don't know how I feel because she was absent from this movie. Wasted. Wasted. Like, I would rather just fucking do a monologue on those two and show me the past of the entire movie. We were saying, like, I think I completely agree. The, the best part of the best plot, the best ongoing narrative in this film is the relationship with Hawkins and Myers. Because it's this weird, um, it's this weird relationship we've not seen before. And they do this quite cool scene. Probably the best scene in the film uh, is the way they open it with this uh, flashback scene where they kind of reveal a few things that we hadn't seen before. And it actually adds to the lore for me. It actually it, it bolsters it up a little bit, makes it kind of interesting. And it does it as this adds this. It di- does it ruins nothing? Either. It adds this it dynamic, just enhances yeah. A little bit. Well, as this dynamic that who's really to blame for what happened at the end of Halloween one, um, and we kind of discover that Hawkins has his part to share in it. And um, there's this cool weird little redemption thing where he accidentally shot his partner. Uh, and you're right, he's the only character in this whole film with an emotional thread. I think it's nice but it's still shit you're right no, but the movie it's in it doesn't help well, the, the movie, movie it's in well this is it you, you can it have adds a... to that original lore a little bit right. which is quite okay. nice where it's like oh yeah we get to know more about Officer Hawkins but and I... what happened on that night but it doesn't like show you anything on Michael or mm. show you anything else going on in the neighbourhood or the aftermath with Laurie they don't do enough with it again and I wonder what they're going to save for part 3 I wonder if this is just a big ploy to save whatever this plot thread is for part 3 because Hawkins is still alive at the end of this one Laurie's still here obviously but I think Laurie this is the worst of the Laurie films this is the worst one she's in because she just doesn't do anything 
There's yeah. no, there's and no. They try to give her a scene where she's trying to escape the hospital, but then she gets knocked down almost immediately, and it's like, well, that over pretty much immediately. And then she has another scene where she goes down to like the waiting room where there's a bunch of people, but again, it's like, oh, there's a lot of people. Oh, back to bed. And I understand. I understand they maimed her at the end of the last one, and I get that. That oh, of course. Like I'm not expecting her to be doing cartwheels. Well, no, but just... but like I expected someone like either push her in a wheelchair or have more focus on her in the hospital. <laughs> push her in a wheelchair running away from Michael in a wheel. That's the scene, that's the little easy I wanted, her just wheeling away from, away from Michael. Um, no, not even that. I don't care that she's in the hospital, but like, I don't know, give her, give her an interesting scene with Alison. Give her an interesting scene with Karen. They have scenes together, but it's mostly them just shouting at each other. Well, one of them, she's asleep. Alison buggers off. Yeah, well, this is it. Alison like, doesn't get to interact with her. I honestly think, as, as far as wasted characters, Alison's kind of wasted, Laurie's kind of mm. wasted... Alison is ruined in my eyes. First film, quite quite in Alison. Now, her and Cameron have just ruined all respect I had for them. The way he died was just pitiful. It was a little bit embarrassing. Um, we'll go elaborate then. What, what's, what's the issue? So, like, his dad, Lonnie, took him on this car ride, and, like, we're going to hunt down Michael. And then they get to the actual Maya's house, mm. and he's like, oh, kids... Actually, you best wait in the car. This was a stupid idea. I'm just a stupid Italian. <laughs> but, but then it's like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, the cell phones not exist. Text the big fucking group you were with and be like, oh, by the mm. by, Michael's at his house. I've got the kids. I'm really enjoying how irate you're getting at the minute. But you're right. It's but, infuriating. And then they come, the kids come charging in anyway because obviously Lonnie they are rambunctious cheating. <laughs> They're rambunctious teenagers who... The guy preferred teenagers. Teenagers. And he just sprint into the house. No form of Split plan. up immediately. Split up immediately. Spent about five minutes fucking uh, crying over Big John and Little John, who is a character they've never met. Oh, who also... Alison just like, yeah, she, she puts the gun on the floor and she's just crumbled over these characters. And I'm like, it girl, all... you literally just fought him in a burning house. Yep. And why are you doing this now? You've, you know... You know what can happen. You it, know what death is. It does feel like every lesson they learned in the first film is completely fucking forgotten in this one. Like, and essentially, I'm going to say it's her fault Cameron dies. Yeah. He's not much better. He sees his dad. Understandably, he's freaked out. But he gets over that and then looks in the wardrobe. He's like, oh, Michael's going to come out with that wardrobe. Well, it, and then, oh, Michael comes out with the wardrobe. It's very basic. Doesn't bother to shoot. It's basic stormtrooper armor as well where no one has even a chance at hitting Michael because obviously we've got a third fucking movie to it make. just felt totally unearned. Um, like, they, these characters, I especially Alison, I believed was better than this. No. I was actually expecting her to put up a bit more of a fight than she did, but she immediately gets thrown down the stairs and, and Breaks hobbles a out. Yeah. Yep. A mom has to come and save her. And that, while I'm like, fucking you go, Karen, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, Alison was way more into this than Karen was. It's not a, It's not even a, a you go Karen moment because Karen fucks it up too. Karen fluffs the fucking the, oh, the, the big finale. One of my biggest bugbears in any movie is when somebody hits someone with a weapon or mm -hmm. shoots someone then immediately discards that weapon. It's like, that could come in useful. Well, I do like See the, that uh, big crowbar you're holding you just smacked them over the head with? Other people have heads that you might need to smack or you might have doors to open but well, nah, I, you just leave it on the floor every single time. Well, I do like the, um, I do like the, the one thing, the one saving grace of this film apart from Big John and Little John who again unceremoniously get killed off when they were the best two characters in the film really sad uh, I just there's something about those, those there's something about their relationship that really harkens like I feel like that's, that's I feel like there's something realistic about that relationship personally but again unceremoniously oft they do this thing as well where a lot of Halloween sequels tend to follow this this same formula where they right we've, we've done the basic story now we've got to add an element of mysticism to it 
and I, I absolutely despise every single time it's done. Every time it's done, so it's done in 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 Halloween two with the uh, the flashbacks with his mum. It's done in the in the second film with the sibling relationship. It's done in the fourth film with the cult of Thorn and all this bullshit. But they have this like underlying plot thread where it's like, oh, every time he kills, he transcends, or his mask gives him powers, or he's just he's directed to the the original uh, Myers household, like he follows that and he wants to be back in his sister's room. Bullshit. And I'm just, I just think it's it, it it's desperate. It shows desperation that the filmmakers don't know what to do at this point. But you're right, that big that big culmination, that big end scene with all the uh, the members of Haddonfield. So you have Tommy, you have Lindsay, who... You know what? Again, we're talking about fan service. They give Tommy quite a bit to do, but Lindsay's just fucking freaking out and hiding for most of the film. With Tommy, he's just there because they're like, all right, we need somebody as an audience avatar mm. to show us that m- what Michael is, is fear. He fear needs itself. to be the person who turns... It- that everyone into the angry mob. He needs to. We need to want to rile people up. It can't be Laurie or Karen or Allison because we need these characters to remain pure. Mm. Best person to do it, the little kid she was babysitting, because you bring those characters yeah. in, and then with Lindsay, the little girl who was being babysat in the first film as an adult, has a really good scene where she runs up to some kids and is like, "Right, no, you fuck off home now. There's a murderer about. Get out of here." Mm. And Michael then turns up the car, slaughters everyone else. The nurse, um, gets Marion, Marion yeah. gets killed pretty unceremoniously. Oh, yeah. it's Completely wasted again. Yeah, there's no fight in it really. She why bring, a few gun why bring this character back if you're not going to do something interesting with him? It's the biggest fucking, it's my biggest bugbear. Do something interesting. If you're going to do nostalgia, and I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that, that Ghostbusters Afterlife avoids this pitfall. Mm-hmm. Because nostalgia can go either way. Nostalgia can be something that's a, it's either a warm hug of something you remember, but it usually you should build upon it. You should add something to yeah, the, to the was, conversation. Was, this wasn't even a hug. This was a wink from across the room. It was a slap. It was a slap, it was what it was, because it just pissed me off. But, like, she, Lindsay was perfectly fine. She hid, she got out, but then that's it for her, she's done. Mm. You've had your screen time, you're done. Well, they they do, you're right, there's what I... Like, Lonnie, Lonnie doesn't really have any agency until the end of the film. It's like, right, your turn now, Mm. we'll show you for two minutes. Has a few minutes in the car, talks with the kids, goes inside, gets killed off screen. Yeah, literally, it's a waste. And just feel it feels like the the fingerprints of a movie or a filmmaker who didn't know what he wanted to do, and I often wonder whether or not this was like studio interference and whether the studio was like, look, nostalgia's big right now. We need to bring these characters back. We need to do this. But even then, you've now killed them. Yeah. So what was the point? Well, is is Tommy and Lindsay Lin- still alive? No, Tommy's dead too. They killed Tommy. So he dies during the mob scene. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Michael gets up and wrecks him. So Tommy's killed during the final scenes. So you've got Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. She's the last one alive, and it's. Just kind of like it's not going to matter. Meh. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I very much doubt she's going to have a big part. I'm going to call it right now. Film. I think she's going to die in the opening scene of the next film. I think that's going to. I think that'll be the way they introduce it. I don't even think they'll bother. No. I think like right, we've got our final movie now. We got that middle one out of the way. I, d- I do want to. I do want to quickly uh, talk about the point of um, oh god, the mob mentality thing. This idea because I think again you have a movie with interesting ideas at its core and interesting concepts that it wants to play with because I do think there's an interesting story to be told about the. Um, the, the evil dies tonight, the almost like the make make America great again mob mentality that's going on. Um, yeah, while well, well, you think that justice is going to be served yeah. that the police can't handle at the same time. Which to be fair, they can't. <laughs> you can't be certain that you're doing the right thing. No. And they do this in the... You're a mob. And again, they, they completely ruin this, pos- this possibility of an interesting subplot by focusing it on the other escaped inmates 
And it just because it just doubles down on how through, dense. Like, I literally didn't remember him all the way through. I'm like, yeah, he's a minor character. He's he's barely even a minor character. He is the escaped inmate, and they bring him in um, with Michael. He's literally a plot device. You see a few scenes with him, but it's literally just he feels like no substance. He feels he's like filler. He feels like nothing. he feels like padding. He feels like a way for the filmmakers to extend the runtime a little bit because they have this extended fucking scene where they're chasing inmate two throughout the hospital. Everyone's like, it's Michael. He's unmasked. Get him. Get him. Not remembering that Michael's like six foot six. Foot Fucking Hinch's balls basketball player who fucking right. would never, first of all, would never take his mask off anyway. He's still wearing his inmate suit. We all know what Michael Myers wears by this. Well, I often wonder, don't, don't inmate suits usually have like surnames on anyway? Were they just none? Does no one in Haddonfield know how to fucking read? Are they all like? <laughs> are they all short sighted and forgot their fucking glasses that day? Because there's no way you could mistake it. And at, at best, it culminates in this kind of gory scene where he jumps out the window, and it's like okay, but then it just waste. feels forced because it's like we know. What direction you're going in you're trying to push that oh michael myers's fear and he's making everyone into bad people he's yeah. making us lose our minds and give in to our base instincts of like protecting the herd mm. but that leads to bad things boys and girls and i also and think he jumps out the window because he's trapped like an animal and it's like right that's really heavy-handed guys i also think it's this weird way of setting up karen as a more of a protagonist for this film like i think they realized that they didn't do much with karen and again what curse curse them because not doing much with judy greer should be a crime punishable by What's death. What's the point? She is a treasure. She's a national treasure. Um, and yeah, they, I think it's their way of setting up Greer as this film's protagonist, but I don't think they do that successfully either. No. So even her death then feels un-fucking-justified. I'm going to put death in quotation marks because I think they're doing the same thing with her death that they did with um, the Haw- Hawkins. Because Hawkins, quote-unquote, yeah. died in the She's first one. She's been stabbed in the back so yeah. can run into the room She might be second. fine. But I mean, I will be disappointed if she's not because I fucking love Judy Greer. Judy Greer deserves better than these movies. My favourite horror characters are the ones who have seen Zombieland. The ones who know the rules (laughs) and know how to survive these things. And one of those, the most important and my biggest bugbear of all horror movies, it's like the weapons, just discarding them after you've used them. You have a lot of bugbears. Get the double tap in. Not double tap, triple, quadruple. Decapitate the corpse, yeah. mash its head into yeah. a pulp, set the rest of it on fire, scatter the ashes to the four winds, keep the heart in a box, yeah. it locked away 50 feet you underground. Thought about this. this is how you stop a person like Michael. The mob have Michael pinned down. Yeah. Karen has a knife in his back. Yep. She drops the knife. It's Michael's so then confronted by the mob because she lures him away. But then they're like, oh, right. We've knocked him on the floor, and I'll tell you, they are savage. He's on one now, lads. They beat them, they fucking shoot them, they do all sorts to him. He's on the Mm -hmm. floor, but he keeps getting up, and he keeps moving, and he keeps going for his knife. And you see him going for his knife again on the floor, and then it's just like a knife in the back. And then it's just like, right. It's a whimper, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's a whimper. Like, right, you think that final little stab is going to be the thing that ends him. You can be stabbed 50 times and still survive if you don't get the right place. Mash the head to pulp. And I think you could forgive it a little bit if this was their first experience with Myers. That's literally the point in the movie where they're all screaming, Evil dies night, where the angry mob. Yeah. And they take it to the point of violence. For most of if them. If you're doing that, do it right. They do this stupid thing where I think Laurie is the only one who understands that he's transcending and that he's more than a man. But no, for most of them, if they, uh, most of them have had at least one experience with Myers up to this point, they should know that there is not enough just to stab this motherfucker. You need to 
You need, yeah, you I need mean, to Tom, separate Tommy me. even makes the point of saying Michael is fear itself. He's turned us into this. And yeah. he makes a big speech after the inmate dies. And it's like, you clearly know what he is. You're calling him an incarnation of fear. Yeah. Treat him as such. It's just embarrassing. You're right. It just treats the characters like idiots. It treats the audience like idiots. It treats Carpenter like an idiot. And I'm a bit confused because he's still a producer on these films. I don't know how he read this script, if he even bothered reading the script. But I don't know how he read the script and actually signed off on this bullshit. Because it's just it's, a, it's kind of a slap to the face for OG Halloween fans. I think it's a massive slap to the face for people who appreciate that first film on the level that I appreciate it. As a horror classic, as a staple of the genre, as probably one of the most perfect horror films ever made. And then you're right, you get this this stupid knockoff Jason um, rebrand with this fucking stupid movie. Um, and it just shits all over the legacy and it shits all over the law. And I just and, and I you know what? I may have been okay with that. Had you have done it really well, because there always was this Izzy isn't he kind of mentality. They've never it done it well. Which, they never have, and clearly they haven't again. There hasn't, apart from Halloween 2 and then 3, with, with which doesn't even involve Michael, I guess you can, you can probably argue that there's only been one genuinely great Halloween sequel with Halloween 2. H2O is fine. It's fine. It's not a great sequel. The biggest issue, I think, for me, the one, the only, the one, the last point, because I'm, I'm just aware of the time, the last point that I want to get onto is the fact that this... What, the ending? Everything. <laughs> the movie. I just think this suffers. I think the biggest thing that this film suffers with is it being a middle movie. I just don't think they thought this through, and I don't think that they thought that there would be any... I don't know how they could have thought that there would be any tension, any fear, any interest in this narrative of Evil Dies Tonight, this narrative of this lynch mob, in a movie where we're pretty sure Michael is not going to die. Yeah, That just seems like a fundamental base 101 screenwriting issue that should have never gotten past the editing room. But I don't see, like, I couldn't make a movie. I think you might be able to make a one that's better than this. But... I would try and break the cycle. It's a clearly defined right. thing yeah. in cinema that the middle movies really suffer from a ambulant plot or where it's just exposition or all set up for the final film. Try and break that cycle, people. Who was I talking to? I think it was Greg, Bear Hug Club Greg, who said this plot would have served a lot better in the last movie. This would have been a much better plot for Halloween Ends. Yeah. Because then you could have the tension, of, oh, maybe they're actually going to do it. Maybe they're actually going to kill Michael. Maybe that's how they're going to they're gonna fix this. But in the second film, this makes zero fucking sense. It borders on idiocracy. It really does. For the next movie, I will be very interested to see if Laurie actually manages to kill him. Because obviously, she's going to have to be the hero. If anyone can kill Michael, she is the only person who can. I think I know my prediction for Halloween ends, if you want to talk about it a little bit before we uh, end the episode. I'm very interested to hear your prediction. Michael and Laurie are both going to die. They, they, I think they set it up in this one. I think they set up this weird thing where Laurie's convinced that Michael's after her and she's convinced that this has to end with both of them. Yeah. And I think Laurie's going to have to make some heroic sacrifice to save Allison. And Michael and Laurie are going to... I'm going to I'm gonna call it now. It's going to take place in the Myers house. The Myers house is going to burn to the ground and they're going to die with it. And then there'll be probably an after the credit scene when Michael shows the fuck well, up. Well, this is it. Yeah, I'm interested to see whether Michael actually shows up in the after credits. Just a final scene... Because, um, don't get me wrong, I don't really give a fuck. No, at this point I'm done. It's literally just that kind of grim interest of, I'm just curious, they've mangled him in this film, alright, now you've made him Jason Voorhees, mm -hmm. what are you going to do for the third film to actually entertain us? Uh, Jason versus Michael versus Freddy. Versus Laurie. I would watch that. If Laurie won. Well, you know what, actually, I've, ju I've just thought about this. I think the best sequels... The best, what you, what you kind of just hearkening to what you just said, the best horror sequels 
are the ones that almost don't give a shit and are just having a lot of fun. Like, Freddy vs. Jason's not a great movie, but it's fun as fuck. Yeah, Jason X. Jason X Jason is fun X. as fuck. And it's because it's like, right, well, we know we're not going to capture that magic. We know we're not going to capture that essence of the first film. So we're just going to give you a root and tube and good So time. my prediction for Halloween Ends is that Michael and Laurie get on a uh, shuttle to Mars in uh, they, they somehow get from Nevada, they get on like a NASA shuttle to Mars, and they have. She goes to kick him in, but he grabs the leg at the last minute and yanks her. She lands in the rocket, yeah, and they blast off into space. And then it's like they have a middle episode <laughs> that takes place on the ship where it's just her run through oh, different no, so decks. She never actually encounters Michael, but she's, she's just, just going running nuts. from room to room. No, I was thinking she right flip the script entirely. We've got this odd couple situation where there's the, they're the only two left on Mars. And <laughs> he's like, well, I can't fucking kill her. And then, the, yeah, he's like, well, I hate to breed. Well, they, this is it. <laughs> and then they start, humans. Well, this is it. They, they, they go, they, um, they work out their differences. They start a family. Um, and then one day, uh, Alison... <laughs> Baby comes out looking like Captain Kirk. Alison builds a rocket um, to go get her grandma back. And she arrives and she's like, whoa, mom, you've... Uh, you you've sold out. You're uh, you've sold out to Michael. How how could you? And then there's a big battle between Laurie, Michael, and Allison. Uh, the end. And they, well, we don't know Karen's dead. She could be part. Of and this. then NASA nukes Mars. Karen's okay with it. They get back, and she's yeah. just happy that her mom's found love in her old age. I'm done talking about this movie. We've somehow managed to talk about this for almost an hour. Sorry for this one being such a long one, guys. We had a lot of fun talking and bitching about this film. I think I've had this like build up rage about this movie for about a week since we saw it. That was oddly cathartic. We, I didn't know I needed. We that. weren't even meant to do this as an episode. Where I was like, well, we, we've done. We, we've got a lot to talk about. Halloween kills. Halloween's always going to be a big horror franchise. It's fine. This isn't dreadful delight. It's delicious delight. Whatever. It's a movie podcast about movies. This is a three out of ten movie for me. I had a little bit of fun laughing at it. I enjoyed Big John and Little John. I enjoyed Professor... What did you say? Uh, no, Professor. <laughs> I enjoyed Officer Hawkins' narrative. Um, I'm glad and I think, you said that, because honestly, I keep forgetting his name, calling him Hawkins. Hawkins. Hawkins, Hawkins. You say Hawkins, yeah. Um, he was... He was. There is a good movie somewhere hidden deep within this absolute turd pile. Yeah, I um, mean, literally, if you pull out the best bits, stuck them together, you'd, you'd only have a couple of minutes. Yeah. But then if you... Flesh it's a great short that film. Out, it's a it great short right. film. Do check us out and do check out the other yeah, dreadful delights. Dreadful delights. Oh, I got it. You you stepped on my toes and I fucking got it. This is the only. This is the one only time I've got it and you talked <laughs> over me. It's like Mike Wazowski getting the sticker on his face. Literally. Um, but yeah, do check out the other episodes. Check us out at Bad Taste Buds Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, don't go see this film if you somehow got to the end of this episode and you didn't care about spoilers and you somehow aren't still convinced not to see it. Don't see nah, it. I'm gonna say. If you have a choice between two movies, pick the other one. But if you're really bored and you've got nothing to do, it's... Fucking it Dune's angered, out. Fucking Dune's out right now. Why would you see other, anything other than Dune? Sorry, I know I just talked people, right over you. People can see more than one movie. <laughs> no, maybe. don't do it because you have to just see Dune again. I would be like, right, I've seen, <laughs> Dune, again. I've seen Dune. I've, Let's I've, do it again. I've, if I go back to the cinema and I've got a choice between Dune again or Halloween Kills, I'd still <laughs> see Dune. And then if I went back again and there's still the only choice was Dune and Halloween Kills, I'd see Dune again. That's how, A, how good Dune is and B, how bad this movie is. We both know you're going to watch the next one because you have no self-control when it comes to horror. I watch You will watch every film. And speaking of that, let's go watch a bad film. Um, Give us some love on the comments, guys. We will see you next time. Uh, Bad taste buds out. Yeah, watch out for masky guys. Masky guys. (laughs) Creepy, spooky skeletons. (laughs) 